Welcome football fans. Buckle up for another hard-hitting episode of Player 54 Podcast, a show focused solely on the XFL. From a sunny Southwest Florida studio, here's your host, Michael Lathrop. Hello, football fans. This is episode 98, More Staff Departures. This episode is brought to you by our friends at True Victory. If you are not perfect, if you have ever struggled, if you have ever failed, if you have ever been the underdog, if you have ever doubted yourself or been doubted by others, if you want to get better, be better, and make our world better, this is the perfect brand for you. Founded by U.S. military veterans, True Victory is a sportswear and streetwear brand dedicated to building everyday champions on and off the field. True Victory is not simply a company, they're a cause. Its purpose is to transform lives and elevate humanity through the power and unity of sports, positive stories, and serving others. They are dedicated to the game, the grind, and the globe. But most importantly, they are dedicated to you. If you want to strive for something better, while proudly showing others your determination, grit, and supporting people like yourself, check out the True Victory Shop by simply clicking on the link provided in the show's description and notes and enter the code PLAYER54 at checkout to receive 15% off your purchase. Although this past week had limited developments, the few are worthwhile to discuss. In addition, offensive lineman Hunter Kelly joins the show to discuss his football journey and XFL Combine experience. But first, we have those developments to cover. So, let's get to it. On October 10th, Matt Mullane announced his departure from the Arlington Renegades front office with the following post on his ex, formerly known as Twitter account. Excited to announce that I have started a new position as the Director of Events Marketing and Public Relations with Rev Entertainment. Super grateful for the past year spent with the Arlington Renegades, forever the 2023 XFL champions. Malayan served as the Renegades Director of Communications and Media Relations. On October 14th, Pro Football Newsroom journalist James Larson reported on his ex, formerly known as Twitter account, the following. Breaking. Mark Ross, XFL Vice President of Football Operations, is no longer with the organization per source. Ross was with the XFL in this role since 2021. Major piece of news concerning the USFL-XFL merger. More to come on this development soon. I can personally confirm Ross's departure to be accurate. He updated his LinkedIn and X, formerly known as Twitter, profiles to reflect he is no longer with the XFL. Also on October 14th, Pro Football Newsroom journalist James Larson reported via his ex, formerly known as Twitter account, the following. In addition, a couple of Houston Roughnecks staff have also parted ways, including Travis Watkins, Director of Sales and Experience, Ellie Party, Director of Sponsorship Sales. Sounding like there are more departures on the way as well. The USFL-XFL merger storm is brewing. I can also confirm both Travis and Ellie's departures to be accurate. Travis has updated his LinkedIn profile to reflect he is no longer with the Roughnecks front office, as well as his new role with the American Flag Football League as Senior Vice President of Ticket Sales and Operation. Also, Ellie's Instagram and LinkedIn profiles have been updated to reflect she is no longer with the Roughnecks front office, as well as her new role with the professional bull ridings Austin Gamblers as Vice President of Corporate Partnerships. This is the second time during this offseason the XFL have experienced significant number of departures, 
The first being this summer due to seasonal contracts concluding and a more fundamental financial shift in the league's staffing model. Although the reasoning for each of these departures is not clear, it comes at a time of uncertainty with the XFL and USFL pursuing their intent to merge. If the proposed merger is approved by regulatory, there could be more staffing changes on the horizon as the USFL and XFL transition towards becoming one entity. As I had previously mentioned, we will now be joined by offensive lineman Hunter Kelly to discuss his football journey and XFL combine experience. Welcome, Hunter. I appreciate you taking the time to come on to the show to discuss your football journey and XFL combine experience. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. It's always a pleasure to connect with players that are striving to achieve their end goal, their dream. And we all know that's the National Football League, and it's nice to help in whatever way I can along that process. So it's truly a pleasure. It's an honor on this end as well. I always believe it's very important and beneficial for our listeners if we kind of begin with a backstory, you know, to provide everyone with a better understanding of who you are as a person, a player. I understand you played your collegiate ball at Division One Power Five Penn State before transferring to Division One UNC Charlotte. Can you kind of walk us through how you were introduced to the game of football? And I understand that's probably several years earlier. But just kind of introduce us how you're interested, you know, introduced to the game and how it kind of impact your life and moving forward, you know, through high school and then ultimately your recruiting process and college playing experience. Yeah, so I've been around the game of football since I was little, uh, really, since I can remember my dad played. Um, he, he never got professional uh, and he didn't really actually play college. He, he played all throughout high school, played semi pro. So kind of just being around it from a young age. Uh, he, he then became a coach at the high school I would eventually go to, but I was way younger then. So my high school in Chamonix High School, I, I was around there since I was little, helping with the water, being around the guys. And obviously, you know, watching football every weekend in the fall, just just learning to love the game of football. And that started from a really young age. Uh, played when I could. You know, I couldn't really play like Little League football because I was always too heavy. I'd be playing with guys like, you know, years above me. And, and so kind of had to, I played a little bit, but really I started playing organized when I got into middle school, played seventh and eighth grade year, started as an offensive lineman. And that's kind of where the offensive line and the, the love of being an offensive lineman kind of started. Whereas you have all these kids who love playing defense, love going, making tackles and getting stats and all that other stuff. I, I just, something about offensive line I loved. Um, and I carried that through to high school where I would, you know, I, I got a lot of playing time my freshman year on our varsity team. And then, you know, was a three-year starter, sophomore to senior year, became a captain, started getting recruited um, from, you know, some local Division two schools in PA. But eventually, uh, one day, James Franklin came to our school at Neshaminy and, and came to visit me um, and a couple of other guys, but mainly they, they were interested in talking to me. And it was James Franklin and Sean Spencer, who was our uh, defensive line coach at the time at Penn State. And so they came, talked to me. Um, at the time, there was no offer, but they were really interested in me um, and, and they were going to continue to watch my career develop. That was my junior year. We get more into my early senior season. And Penn State comes back down and 
they offer me a preferred walk-on spot. So I go to Penn State as a preferred walk-on, which was a dream. You know, growing up in, in PA, I've always watched Penn State football. Um, I, I've loved the school. I've loved the team and just the, the fans and everything about it. So I took my visits there and decided ultimately that that was the place I wanted to go to, not just for the football aspect of it, but because of how great a, you know, a Penn State University degree is. So I go there as a preferred walk-on, spend a decent amount of time on the scout team, as especially as a freshman and sophomore. And then as a second in the junior year, I start getting a little more reps with the, you know, like the second team offense as a, you know, in practice and stuff like that. <clears throat> and then the spring of 2019, I'm heading into my senior season and they surprised me by putting me on scholarship, uh, which was a pretty awesome moment that I was able to share. My dad was there and, you know, I was able to FaceTime my mom from home and and tell her the news. And it was a fantastic time for my family, kind of a, a big achievement in my career. I went on to, I, I didn't play a ton. I was a, I was the backup center that, that senior season, but I d- did get some reps um, in game, which helped me a lot and ultimately gave me enough film to go into the transfer portal after I graduated and earned my degree. And, you know, UNC Charlotte picked me up, you know, they're a group of five school, which was a big deal for me and, and kind of continuing to try to get that exposure. Went there and, and played in six games our first season because that's all we had because of COVID. We had a lot of games canceled, you know, so I, I played in all six games, started the first two, I was rotated in, and then the last four games, I earned the starting job, and I played left guard and center. And then heading into the 2021 season, which was my sixth year of college at that point, my sixth season, I guess I should say, I was the starting center for all 12 games, earned all conference honors, and you know, kind of went from there. So it's been a long journey of football going from there, and then you know, earning you know, getting invited to a Panthers uh, rookie minicamp, which which was a big deal. And we can get into that. But um, it's been a long journey and it's been it's been amazing because I, I love the game of football and I don't have any regrets of, of where I've been or what I've done. We all have like this vision of how we see it, you know, progressing in where we're going to be in, you know, a couple of years time, 10 years time. It's It's always interesting how life doesn't always take that that pathway but it doesn't make it any less appreciated and and stuff like that so i understand i was fortunate to stay at one school and times are different you know i'm 43 now so it's (laughs) but the covid era definitely shook up some things right it did give some people an extra year of eligibility and those that have had medical red shirts or just you know redshirted a year in general so that makes sense for those that are not understanding how a sixth year could happen. It's, it's not like a creep. That's how it can happen. So it just, you know, I just thought I'd take a moment to share that, but I'm glad you mentioned the Carolina Panthers minicamp because that's something I did want to discuss. And for somebody that didn't have a ton of playing time, bunch of film, and you were a little bit limited, you know, in a couple of years of it, especially with a, a shortened season, like how COVID impacted you guys to even get that, opportunity you know it's not that it's a shock somebody somebody like you is obviously that's been the end goal probably all along right and i know not everyone wants to play in the national football league some people are just playing football getting education 
but it's probably been the end goal. So it's not a hundred percent surprising, but how did that opportunity really come about? Right. I mean, was it one of those moments you got a phone call? Was it that you've had some interactions with scouts along the way that just kind of, you knew it was more likely than just what you had envisioned? Yeah. So I went in when I had my pro day, which was in April of 2022, I tested pretty well. Um, obviously I had high, really high expectations of myself and I didn't meet all those, but I think, you know, when you aim high, you miss high. And I thought, um, I, you know, looking at the numbers, I had a pretty decent pro day, you know, as an undersized center or what people would consider undersized um, and having that lack of, I guess, game reps, it, it's tough to get a look in this business. And so, you know, we had a decent amount of scouts there being in Charlotte for my pro day. We had some Panther scouts there, which helped. I talked with a few other scouts at pro day, but I never talked with the Panthers. But when the draft concluded, you know, I didn't expect to get drafted or anything like that. But when the draft concluded, the agent I was working with at the time, he basically called me and said, hey, the Panthers want you for rookie minicamp. So I was like, great, let's go. You know, I was ready to go. And I knew it was just a tryout. Basically, you go down there and we it was a three day minicamp. You go down, you don't get anything beforehand. You don't get to see the playbook. You don't get any of that until you get down there. And the night before, you, you get the the whole install, which in the NFL, you know, the terminology, especially for offense, is pretty tough. So I didn't get any of that beforehand, but I knew physically I was ready to go. I went down there, started trying to learn the playbook, which I'll be honest, was a challenge at first, just because everyone you're around basically with the exception of the people they have down there for the tryout has already had zoom meetings and everything else with the coaches have gotten the playbooks ahead of time. So everyone kind of is a step ahead of you mentally. Um, so you kind of are playing catch up when you get down there, but I felt, you know, I'm a pretty smart football player. So it took a little while to get used to the terminology, but I think getting down there and getting that experience was, was huge for me because I was able to show that I'm able to do it physically, you know, even being quote unquote undersized, but I was also able to get the opportunity to learn what an NFL practice is like, you know, what the meetings are like, what the playbook is like, you know, even though we're not allowed to take any of our notes or stuff or anything home with us when they tell us, you know, certain guys like myself who didn't get past that tryout. They tell us, you know, we'll keep in contact. We don't get to take any of that stuff. But I kind of had most of it stored away in my head. And when I came home, I'm constantly watching NFL film, you know, watching all 22 and, and breaking it down from a standpoint of the way we would in those meetings. So I think getting that opportunity was was big for me in progressing my knowledge of the game and taking it to a higher level and, and kind of using that as a tool for wherever I may end up next. Well, speaking of next, right, you had camp. It's a great experience, you know, another notch in your belt to take with you to the next place. I know you ultimately ended up in the indoor football league, but we can get to that. Were, did you have any other conversations, you know, from the Canadian Football League, from the USFL, XFL, before this all kind of came about with the IFL? Yeah, so I, I had several conversations, actually, both with the XFL and USFL. So I was actually invited into the USFL draft pool before I even had my pro day or anything like that. I decided not to because I felt like I wanted to showcase what I could do 
And I, I feel like I would have regretted not taking that opportunity to kind of show what I could do to NFL teams and possibly get, you know, into a rookie camp. As rookie camps concluded, I had the stars from the USFL reached out to me. And I think the Tampa Bay team at the time reached out to me. And, you know, I was still kind of being stubborn, unfortunately, at the time, because I I was talking with my agent at the time and we were trying to figure out, could we get in for workouts for other NFL teams? So I didn't want to take that away and kind of just go play spring football, especially that was the first year of the USFL. The XFL wasn't even, you know, didn't have a season yet. So I was unsure of what the path would look like through the USFL. Fast forward to last fall, and I guess at the end of last summer, I went and did the Maryland uh, XFL showcase and had some pretty good numbers there. And uh, eventually, uh, Russ Ehrenfeld from the Defenders, the O-line coach from the Defenders, reached out to me last September. We talked a bit on the phone. Uh, They invited me to their private workout in DC, which I then went to at the end of September. And, you know, I I thought that they were going to take a chance on me in the draft. Uh, They ended up not drafting me last November, but come around season time, this past XFL season, week one, the defender center goes down, you know, they kind of get in contact with me. It never came to fruition, but I've constantly been in contact and they're actually the ones who you know, Von Hutchins and them actually invited me to the combine this past summer. So what will happen with that? I'm not sure, but I, I am staying in contact with them. I've sent my stuff. I've, I still talk to some USFL teams, sending it to them as well. And now with the merger, there's, you know, there could be more of an opportunity there. So, you know, we'll see, we'll see what happens. I think, you know, when I went to the combine this summer, uh, I performed well and I think teams saw that. So it's just a matter of, of getting there, but you asked about the IFL. I I went and did the IFL when I realized, you know, the XFL was not taking me at that time. The USFL was not taking me at that time. And I just had to go and get some film, really. And I had that opportunity in the IFL. uh, You know, Massachusetts Pirates took me on. You know, they're a good organization. Came in and, you know, I, I started five games and earned all IFL rookie. And, you know, I'm grateful for that opportunity to get that film and, and hopefully that can help propel me to, um, you know, where I want to be next. So the IFL piece, was that them reaching out to you? Was it you and your agent kind of reaching out to them? Was it kind of a, the XFL camp giving you a little information being, Hey, we just signed this partnership with the IFL. I mean, how much of all of this, I mean, I'm just trying to get a better understanding how that opportunity came about because I mean, you obviously played there, but I mean, I just wonder like, why are you, went the IFL route, not like the NAL, not, you know, some of these other leagues, because there's a plethora of them now in the arena game. So I'm just curious why it was that particular. And, you know, I know you had a brief, uh, I think you were traded, your rights were traded to the Pirates. So I'm just curious, you don't have to get down the whole road with the Arizona Rattlers, whether it's good, bad, or ugly, I'm not trying to do that. But um, I'm just curious how it all kind of came together and how that was where you put all your, you know, eggs in that basket to proceed. Yeah, so a big a big thing was I was talking with he's not necessarily my agent, but he was a guy who I'm I'm in contact with who has connections throughout the XFL IFL, and the idea was really the partnership with the XFL and IFL was was a big part in it. I had initially signed with Arizona, but I 
because at the time I was talking with XFL teams and I thought they were going to bring me in. I, I didn't. I held off on going down. And eventually, when we got deeper in the XFL season, there was less prospects. Uh, Massachusetts reached out to me, and I decided ultimately it'd be best because they were wondering about acquiring my rights from Arizona. And I figured it would be best at that time to go up there and try to put something together and, and show what I can do on film because all, all I need really is an opportunity, you know, and it's tough to get it in this business. It really is, no matter how easy it may seem for some some guys you know it's just it's hard so to be able to go and and put my talent on film and be able to show what I can do at least to a certain extent you know there's there's only so much you can show in indoor football as a lineman at least it, it was a great experience I'm you know I'm, I'm definitely glad I did it so you alluded to there's only so much you could show whether a lineman or not because I always ask anybody that's had played in the arena or indoor game, which is obviously significantly different than the traditional outdoor football. So I think it's always interesting to get how the indoor game experience is one thing to get film, but the reps and there's takeaways here. We've heard different things. People play all sorts of different positions in the uh, arena and indoor space. So as an offensive lineman, which I don't get a lot of offensive linemen on the show, so this is really a treat. How did the IFL in your time with the Pirates really impact your skills and talents, right? And what is it that you improved that you can take with you as you hopefully transition back to the traditional outdoor game? Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, so there, there's like a couple different types of offensive linemen you have the guys who are just road graders are usually bigger they can go and impose their will on guys and you have guys who might be smaller um and kind of have to play this more finesse kind of game and we don't typically think of offensive line as a finesse position but there is a, a place for it and it's important um so for me as a smaller more athletic center the game indoors is you know obviously the field's shrunken down it's like literally a quarter of an outdoor field and you know, so that impacts, you know, I like to get out and run and block on the second level and get out in space. And there is some of that in the IFL, um, but you kind of have to adapt and, and really show your, you know, play strength because there's only three offensive linemen, and three defensive linemen. So as a center, you're going up against the head up nose every play, which is not something you get outdoor very often. You know, certain teams will play specific fronts that may show you that, but uh, in the IFL, there's no choice. Like, he's going to be on you every time. So for me, you know, it, it taught me I had to adjust specifically in pass pro, kind of snapping and, and blocking a head up nose, especially one who's going to bull rush you because, you know, I'm undersized center. And so being bull rushed every play and then going up against certain noses who were quick, really quick off the ball, quick, good moves. And so kind of being able to adjust to that and learn how to better, because that was something in college that I thought I could do better, a better job of was blocking head up noses in the past game. And so honestly, like going to the IFL, I, th I thought really helped that night. I went against some skilled players when we played uh, the Vegas team. I think it was my, it was my second game starting and uh, literally a day before they had signed Rob and Kandichi, 
And uh, he was a former first-round pick in 2016 in the NFL. So they signed him, and they played him over top of me the entire game. You know, he really wasn't able to do much. So getting that opportunity to show that, but also learn how to adjust to certain things that you're not comfortable with, that that was something that I thought was was really, really awesome to be able to do. So typically the indoor, the arena indoor game is much faster. How does that impact you as an offensive lineman, right? I mean, does that, I mean, I, I don't pay too close attention to play clocks, yeah. but I know the game is pretty fast. Does that take a wear and tear on you? Does that kind of build your stamina up in, in a way that the traditional outdoor game can't or hasn't? Yeah, I mean, to a certain extent, I think so. I think because the game is so fast paced just in terms of, you know, offenses out on the field, we go down, score, we're off the field, then maybe another score happens or a turnover, we have to be right back on the field. It happens, you're not like sitting on the bench super long. Um, So in that aspect, you definitely need to be in better shape and ready to play a long game. Um, Even though the drives might be shorter, the time for breaks are also shorter. So to that aspect, yeah, for sure, it's it's a lot different. I would say the only difference in terms of um, actually on-field play with endurance and stuff like that is you're not running as far. So as an offensive lineman, if I'm you know, running a, a combo with the backside guard from to the nose to the linebacker, you know, I don't have to go very far to get to the linebacker. So in that aspect, it's a little easier, but overall gameplay it's definitely faster pace which is which was an adjustment for sure okay let's fast forward to the xfl combine you mentioned how you got invited by coach uh, or uh, director player personnel von hodges there that's interesting because that's july right and if i i'm trying to remember the ifl schedule how did that kind of work out with your schedule? And was the team very accommodating of that and, you know, understanding? Cause obviously there's that partnership. So that must play a factor in there. So I'm just kind of curious how that all worked out before we get into the combine itself. Yeah. So we had actually made the playoffs and the first playoff game was the Saturday before, like our combine was Wednesday. And so our first playoff game was a Saturday before that. I had already talked to the team in advance. They were okay with it. Uh, obviously just didn't want me to get hurt, but it, it ended up, we unfortunately lost our first playoff game. And so Sunday we're coming back. We were in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. So I come back Sunday, back to Massachusetts, get my stuff ready and fly down to Dallas on Tuesday. So, you know, I wasn't in top combine shape. I was more in like a playing shape, which is different than when you're going to go and run drills at a combine. but. For it being such a quick turnaround, a lot of travel, you know, it it still went well, but it was it was quick turnaround for sure. And it was, you know, you never want to lose. I, I hate losing, but that did give me the opportunity to go down there stress free and not have to worry about a game the next weekend. Well, a lot of people got to see the combine in a way that typically fans, viewers, listeners of these shows get to have because they decided to stream it live. And they had KJ sales, a former or played with the defenders and Acho there from ESPN, you know, just there. So, I mean, cameras are around. You guys are obviously got 
all sorts of cameras set up because I've seen, you know, showcases and whatnot before, like everything got set up, but they have all these technologies capturing things probably in ways that maybe you're not used to. So certain days they had certain things, but it, you know, it, it was a long thing. They had all these measurables and stuff. So why don't you go ahead and just share with us what that experience is. You mentioned you're coming in more of a play-in shape, not really a combine or showcase shape. You're probably carrying a couple of knocks with you from the season, so you're not really rested up in the way to be that. So, But you're coming out to do your best. What was that experience like, just the combine in and of itself? Yeah, well, so I got down to Dallas the night before we started getting into the measurables and stuff like that. Got down there kind of late, like 10 p.m., Went right to sleep, but then, you know, next day we're, we're up, we're, the check-in process took a little longer. They also had, if you were going to get interviewed by teams, they had that schedule up there for that day. Um, I had one team that wanted to interview me, and it was D.C. So, you know, I went down there, we got our measurables, you know, hand, all the normal stuff they do at, you know, the showcases and stuff like that. And then they started kind of busting us over individually for those interviews got the interview it was helpful i'd already talked to von hutchins a couple times before that uh interview went well and then you start kind of getting loose getting ready for the offensive line to go and do their we did our warm-up on the turf at choctaw and then we went to the weight room and we did the you know the grip strength uh the jumps the bench and then we came out and we did you know, our, our acceleration with the um, catapult units on and stuff like that. So getting in and, and doing that, kind of getting loose, the the mindset for me was, you know, I accept that I'm physically not in shape as some of these guys are in terms of like testing for these specific drills. But I, I knew I was just going to rely on my, I, I have natural athleticism, I have natural power and strength. So I was going to rely on that. And, you know, in the jumps, in the acceleration with the the catapult units, the acceleration, the top end speed, uh, which I pride myself on, my athleticism. I was among the top O-line performers in that category, which I'm happy with. And I know it could have been even better had I been training for it. And then, you know, you go to sleep that night. We wake up. The offensive line wakes up pretty early because we went really early. We, we started – we were out the door. and we, we started warming up, I think, at like 7 a.m. at the stadium. So really, we we did most of our combine field drills before the live stream even started, um, which is fine with me. You know, we, we're not a very flashy position, which is all right. But kind of getting out on that field, we ran, you know, for those of us who weren't invited out of the showcases, they had us run instead of a 40 day, they had line run 20s. And we had to do the different drills that we didn't do at a showcase because we weren't there. L cone drill and stuff like that. And then we did our positional drills, which was good. We, we we got out there, we're hitting the pad a bit, kind of showing what we can do, combo blocks, uh, a little bit of pulling. So all in all, we were out of there by like 10, 30, 11 a.m. Got to see Dwayne Johnson, which was cool. But all in all, we, we were done and out of there. And I thought it was a, you know, they didn't kill us in terms of like, they didn't have us run a million different drills. I thought what they had us do was able to showcase what we could do. And, you know, ultimately, I'm happy with my performance there. And and I'm, I'm overall, the, the experience was great. And I thought they did a great job with it. You mentioned that 
they had interviews or the teams that were interested in doing interviews already predetermined. So you knew we had to talk to, but as the, you know, the event, the combine itself went on, did you have any other interactions? You mentioned doing the rock Johnson and meeting him. That's pretty cool. But I mean, like, you know, not to minimize that in any way, cause that is really cool. But I mean, obviously as a, somebody that's trying to take the next step in your career, were there other coaches or other staff members of teams that eventually came forward to have little side conversations with you that weren't really that official interview, you know, that may tell you you're now on the radar of some more teams? Uh, I'll be honest, not really, not for me. Um, I We had, I had like a brief little interaction with DPP from Houston, but that was a brief interaction. I had just completed a drill and, uh, you know, I made a comment about because the we were doing bag drills and the first time I went, I wasn't quite ready for the bag drill. So I was wasn't as good. But then the second time I went was pretty solid and flowed through it and made a comment about how that felt much better. And he, he said something about how it looked really good. But other than that, really, no. And uh, it's tough because every team wants something different out of their especially out of offensive linemen and their centers. You know, you have teams who who want big dudes across the board. And that's fine. If that works for them, then that's fine. You know, you have teams that sometimes won't give you a look just based on your size or won't, you know, don't necessarily want to talk to you because of that or lack of playing experience, stuff like that. Again, that's fine. But at the end of the day, you just you need one team to take a chance on you. No matter how many people say, uh, you know, they don't want you or how many people who just kind of leave you on red, don't don't talk, don't give you anything back. You just need one team. and so. I try not to put all my eggs in one basket. I try to make sure everyone can see what I'm capable of, but that that's kind of the thing that's out of my hands, and I have to just trust that teams will 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 make the right decision. Because like I've said before, it's hard as an offensive lineman for me because I'm not about myself. I really want the team to succeed. I want the offense to be dominant. I want the offensive line as a whole unit to be dominant. I'm at a point now where, you know, I kind of have to vouch for myself. And I, I truly believe that I'm the best free agent center on the market. Um, I think I'm the most well-prepared. You know, I'm working two and a half, three hours a day, whether it's field drills, it's all, you know, weight room, technique drills, general athletic movement ability. You know, I'm working every day and I think, you know, and I'm watching film every day. I just truly believe that I am the most well-prepared center on the free agent market right now. And I just kind of have to put that out there and hope that a team will take a chance and trust that I can come in and do the job, you know, and, and that's, it's kind of out of my hands right now. I just kind of work and kind of wait to see what, what happens. You know, what's interesting is I've talked to just, I can't even count how many players and the people that have even gone through drafts. And the teams that they had been in contact with are not always the teams that select them. It's very interesting because you have a very good outlook, right? You're just going to do what you got to do and you know, whoever's, but everyone's paying attention, whether they are having the conversations or not. And I don't, I'm not saying that that's their strategy. So other teams don't see who they're interested in. It's I, I kind of joke with that sometimes with people. But it is very interesting that that does play out that way. So, yeah, out of the eight teams, even though one's only talking to you, you probably have two or three that are probably paying very close attention without you realizing. But, you know, I just wanted to share that a little bit because 
it does happen. It's funny how that, you know, pops up more and more in conversations I have with players and be like, yo, I didn't really didn't see this coming. Like some people will say it on the record and some people won't say it on, in an interview. So I just thought I'd share that bit for people yeah. because it's not just DC that's paying attention to you, Hunter. <laughs> I could say that right now. You know, a couple weeks later, the IFL XFL had their combine. Now I know since it was so close, some people probably didn't partake in both. Is that something that you decided to do? Does it wasn't really Maybe you had enough of a season you needed to rest your body a little bit. Yeah, so I decided not to do that. I had been in contact because I, I was I was curious about that combine. When I first was invited to you know the big combine in in Dallas, I was talking back and forth with people from the XFL and and trying to figure out you know would they rather see me at that combine or the IFL one or both. A lot of people told me just. You know, just go with the big combine in Dallas. That's where, you know, all the teams, all the staffs are, are going to be there. And so that's what I did. I thought ultimately, because I've been, like I said, I was to a, sh- I went to an XFL showcase in 2022. I kind of know what they're going to do. Uh, I didn't think there was really much else I could show at a second combine that I didn't already show. And I didn't think, you know, if I thought maybe I would have more time to prepare and get better with certain things. Then I, maybe I would have, but I kind of thought that it was it was a great opportunity for the guys in the IFL, and I have a lot of guys who went there that I I played with and that I know from the league. But I thought doing the the combine in Dallas was good for me, and kind of I, I didn't know if there would be any more opportunity from going to that one. Yeah, I mean it's always one of those things you think about. Well, you get a special invite to the XFL Combine in Texas everybody's there additional technology like that's going to be probably the thing that they're going to weigh you know heavily in you know i did learn that there were some representatives from the brahmas and uh i believe it was a roughnecks if i remember correctly that were at the ifl xfl combine but you're right it wasn't everybody so i mean it probably was a wise decision (laughs) yeah 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 i thought so i thought at the time that that was probably going to be for the best not that i'm trying to toot my my own horn or put my show on a soapbox pedestal here, so to speak. But this show has been blessed to have executives head coaches and whatnot on the show before. So with that being said, I know that they are at least aware of it. I can't say if they're tuning in Hunter and going to listen to everything here, but knowing that I'm on the league's radar and you have this opportunity Maybe some of the coaches didn't get that private interview with you. So those staffs are probably thinking, all right, well, we're seeing some of this. There's plenty of video and data coming out. Maybe they want to know a little bit more about you, right? That What separates you from the other players? So here's your moment. Here's your little soapbox. You can get up there and just share, you know, what is it that makes you the individual you are, the player that you are, and what you bring to the table? Well, you know, I have to go back to my Penn State time. And I think I've always been a hard worker. It's been instilled in me from from age zero, you know, from, from my parents and everyone around me. I think my time at Penn State as a walk-on helped kind of cultivate the mindset of the grind no matter what, no matter if you can see the end point or you can't. So I showed up every day worked my ass off in the weight room 
and kind of just showed what I was capable of every day. And so for me, that, that helped cultivate my entire mindset today in terms of I will work tirelessly to achieve something I, I have my mindset on. And a lot of guys say it, and I know a lot of guys do it, but I, I just feel like, truthfully, there's not a lot of guys that do it to the level or to the extreme that I do. Like, I'm, I am obsessed with mastering my craft. It's ridiculous. I look at offensive line like like an art form, kind of. It, it's it's really there's something to be said about having to, especially as a center, snap the ball and go backwards while a D lineman is trying to cross you and get past you go, while they're going forward. You know, there there's an art to that. And every day I'm watching film. I'm you know I'm wearing my O line mastermind shirt. I've been down invited down to offensive line masterminds with Duke Mannyweather, a lot of the big NFL offensive lineman every year for the last four years. And so I'm obsessed with mastering my craft. And now does that make me the best player in the world? No, not necessarily, but it means that no matter what, I'm constantly going to be working and I'm constantly going to be working to be the best. I might not get there, but I'm going to constantly be working to make sure I can at least achieve close to it. And through my preparation, I think, you know, it's raised my confidence level like I know I can go into whatever team that takes me and show that I am the best center out there and I think just overall I'm a tough football player I don't leave the field you know best ability is availability and I'm constantly available don't leave the field and you know I just there's a mentality to it that I feel like not enough players have today that are still trying to play just this relentless mentality of going out and proving that you're the best. I've always been an underdog in, in whatever I've done. And I think time and time again, I've shown that that I'm up to the challenge and that I will achieve what I want to. You know, Penn State went there, earned a scholarship. Went to Charlotte, earned the starting job. When I was competing with a guy who was there for, he was a senior and had been there for a while, earned the job, starting job over him as a transfer. You know, and now trying to prove what I can do and, and put it in whatever team wants it. Uh, it's in their court because I can show that I, I'm going to show up and I'm going to be the best center for them. So I'm, I'm the hardest worker in the room. I'm the smartest in the room. I, I know that not just because I'm I'm arrogant or I, you know, I'm just blindly saying that. I know that because of the preparation that I put in, even right now, when I have no idea if I'm going to be playing in 2024 or not, you know, because that's not up to me, but I, I know I'm going to put in the work and that's just who I am. That's literally what I've been my entire life. So it's it's not something that's like fleeting or something that comes and goes. It's just literally how I live my life. I'm obsessed with the game of football. I'm obsessed with offensive line play and hopefully I can take that to a team. That's That's what I'm looking for. Well, Hunter, it has been a pleasure. I appreciate you taking the time to come on to the show. And sharing your journey, your combine experience. And, uh, you know, I believe somebody's going to give you that chance. It doesn't matter whether it'll be D.C. or maybe it doesn't work out. But with a merger, now you have to think that whatever the XFL has compiled as far as data, if this merger comes together, now those other teams have that data as well. So, that you know, I try to look at the positive that comes out of anything. I know some people look at mergers, you know, kind of scary. And 
but I also try to look at how that might bring two different operations of bringing their data together that could be really good because not everyone does everything the exact same way. So try to keep your chin up. It sounds like you got a very positive mind, you know, mindset and outlook. So, you know, if you are fortunate to latch with an XFL team or whatever the new endeavor may be as we move forward, you know, I'd love to have you come back. So you have that open invitation if it works out for you. And we can just discuss what how those things are going and how that progression and experience is like as well. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I'm looking forward to it because it's going to happen. Well, you got to wish it into existence. You know, you're doing the work and that's, you know, usually that's what pays off. That's what people see. So I agree. It's, it'll, it'll happen. It's a matter of time. But before you go, if you don't mind, could you take a moment and let our listeners know where they can follow you for the rest of your journey and whatever side projects you might have? I know some people have some side businesses, some hustles. So if you have any of that going on, please, by all means, share it. I don't currently have any side hustles, but you can follow me on Twitter at underscore Hunter Kelly underscore. Um, and I'm on Instagram at the official HK. So, you know, I try to post there, try to show what I'm working on and, you know, any updates, people will see it there for sure. All right. Perfect. Thank you, Hunter. Best of health and luck as you pursue these opportunities ahead of you. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. Compared to other positions, it is not common to see offense alignment get media attention. I am as guilty as other outlets, which is why I have recently attempted to have more offense alignment on this platform to share their stories. Hunter is an intriguing prospect. We are fortunate to have him join us to share his journey and experience. There is a lot of uncertainty surrounding the pending USFL-XFL merger which happens to put players like Hunter in an awkward position. We wish him well in the coming months and hope he gets the opportunity that he continues to work hard for. Unfortunately, we do not have any fan line messages this week. If you have an XFL-related comment, question, or hot take and would like it to be heard on the show, reach out to the fan line by calling 863-TALK-XFL or 863-825-5935. Doing so, your message could be included in an upcoming episode. All good things must come to an end. This concludes another episode of Player 54 Podcast. As always, I am interested in receiving your feedback. So do not be a stranger. Reach out to let me know your thoughts. And if you do so, your comments might just make it on the show. But before you go, do not forget to subscribe and rate the show on your platform or choice. One last thing. If you are interested in checking out our friends over at True Victory, Do not forget to click on the link in the show's description and notes, as well as that sweet code, PLAYER54, for 15% off your purchase. Thank you for tuning in. Till next time, cheers. Thank you for tuning into today's show. Don't forget to subscribe and rate Player54 Podcast on your platform of choice. You can follow the show on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Player54 Podcast. Do you have a question or topic you would like to have addressed on the show? Message the show via social media or send an email to player54podcast at gmail.com.